Today I want to talk to you about a really important topic in the New Testament. In fact, uh, let me just set it up by saying this. When Jesus started His ministry, His first sermon was about... Okay. When Jesus was resurrected, came back to life, and He, he hung out with His disciples. In fact, 514 people saw Him during 40 days. What did He talk most about? You tracking with me? When Paul, after years of planting churches throughout the Roman Empire, and he was under house arrest in Rome, and he was waiting there, and he had people come to him, and what did he talk about with them? The Kingdom of God. Say it with me. The Kingdom of God. Say it with me. The Kingdom of God. Now, we use that term a lot. In fact, there's a, a relatively new church in town that has the kingdom in the name. And it's a really important topic. And so today, in a few minutes that we have, I'd like to try to help you understand what it is. I'd like to talk about how do we enter it. And then finally, I want to talk about how do we experience it more and more and more in our lives. It's super, super important that we get a get a handle on this. Now, some of you are like, I know what the kingdom of God is. How would you answer this question? Say you're you're you just pointed a new disciple, brand new Christian, or maybe they've never crossed the line, but you said, "Hey, you really need to start reading your New Testament." And uh, they read it, and after a couple of days they contact you and say, "What is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is what? How would you respond? What's your answer? Call DM. Now, so I want you to say this to the person closest to you. The kingdom of God is. Now give them like a short answer. Ready? Call DM. Masi DM. What's up with that? What is the kingdom of God? Tell the person next to you, hey, the kingdom of God is. <laughs> I kind of thought so. I've been around a while. I've been a pastor of a church for quite a while. And what I find is Christians are often confused about the kingdom of God. And so that's what I want to start with a simple definition. And because it's, as you read the New Testament, in fact, there's a lot of verses about the kingdom of God. Some would say, well, is it heaven? You know, is it, is it heaven? Well, it's related to heaven. In fact, the, the, the Gospel writer Matthew uses the kingdom of heaven instead of the kingdom of God. Mark and Luke and John and all the writings of Paul talk about the kingdom of God. Matthew says kingdom of heaven. And that's because he's writing to a Jewish audience who, who are reluctant to use the word God a lot. So they say, he says the kingdom of heaven. But it's not actually heaven. We have a slide about this. It's not actually a heaven. It's something we can experience actually in, on earth. Before we get to heaven, we can actually experience the kingdom of God. You guys could advance the slide, or is that what I need to do? Uh, is it a place? That's the next slide. Is it a place? It's not a place. Some of us that live here in Bali go, man, Bali's the kingdom of God, you know. 
Uh, not exactly. There are some nice views and there's some beautiful plants and there's some rivers and, and uh, mountains that are beautiful, but it's not a place. It's not even Texas where I'm from. Not even Texas. It's not a geographic place. It's a realm of existence. Now, it's, it's real. It's super real. But it's not geographic. Is it the church? It's really not the church. Now, the church is where we can experience the kingdom of God. And hopefully people experience the kingdom of God through His body, through His people. But it's not the church. It's not something that's only already happened, although it has. It's happened, and yet it's not yet. It's a present experience, but it's also a future reality. It's, it's something that is coming, but it has come. Now, some of you are going, like, I'm more confused than ever. And I know that, I understand that. So, about 45 years ago, I was, I was studying this concept for the first time, and someone showed me this simple graph. So, next slide. The kingdom of heaven in the Old Testament, the Old Testament saints, the, the people of God, the people of Israel, saw the world divided into two ages, the present evil age and the age to come. And if you read carefully, especially in the prophets, you see that, man, they anticipated an age to come that was very different than the current age. In the present age, there's sin, there's injustice, there's poverty, there's sickness, there's broken relationships. The enemy, the devil, is at work. But they anticipated a day in which the Messiah would break in, there will be a marker in history in which things would change. And it would be the age to come. It would be when, when there's no more sin. When there's only right relationships and holiness. Where people are prosperous and fed. Where there's justice. Every situation will have just judges. And there will be righteousness and the reigning of things that are good. There will be more than enough. It will be when the Messiah is in charge. Now, as we know it and understand when Jesus came... He brought the age to come. With His coming, His birth, His life, His death, His ascension, His, His resurrection and ascension, in broke the new age. The age to come. And yet, if you look at this little graph here, the present evil age is still here. So we're living in these two worlds at the same time. There's the overlap of the ages. Now there's books written about this and there's lots of ink, you know, on paper about the theology of the kingdom, but just imagine yourself living in this present evil age, but also we've experienced what God has promised in the person of Christ and knowing Him and opening up our hearts to Him. In, in the gathering this morning, we've sensed what it's going to be like forever, but that's not yet fully here. It will happen when He comes back again. So we're living, all of us are living in between ages. Or better yet, overlapping ages. So we're in the, in the period between the first coming and the second coming. We don't know how soon it will be, but we kind of think it will be soon. So next slide. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about that coming kingdom. 
Let me give you a simple definition. The kingdom of God is where Jesus is present and where He's in charge. When we experience His presence like we did in worship, Daddy, we we experience the kingdom of God because He's present. And with Him comes joy. With Him comes peace. With Him comes a sense of this is the right place. This is where I want to be. Because He's in charge. He's large and in charge. He's reigning. He's governing. He's the boss. And wherever He's the boss is the kingdom of God. And so we, we as the people of God, and I'm assuming for the vast majority of you today, you, you know that. You know that experience where it's like, man, I feel so peaceful. Or wow, I think every burden that I have, I've offered to God and He's, he's helping me face these challenges. Wow, I feel such a, a sense of joy. I can't contain myself. Sometimes that happens in worship. I think Pastor Don experiences it every time I see him. He's like caught up in the kingdom of God. So this is reality in which we can experience that kingdom right now. And it's very familiar to us. I, I can think of so many times in my life that I've sensed that, that sense of God's kingly presence. One of the first times is when I was, I was newly saved and I was at a youth camp and the worship was awesome and these kids were sold out to God and I was, I was like one of the only Christians in my high school and I was here in this room full of a bunch of teenagers that loved Jesus from other cities and churches and man, I was just going for it and we were enjoying God. The sermon happened and then there was this ministry time afterwards and there was a group of kids huddled over here that were going forward in prayer, prayer, praying for a friend. And as they were praying for this young lady who was deaf, I heard them get really loud. And I was over here praying with the, some other guys, but I kept watching over there because they were really loud. And somewhere after about half an hour, after this intense prayer, they was just jumping up and down because the young lady could hear. God healed her through the prayers of her friends. And it was the kingdom of God. See, Jesus was approached by some of John's disciples and, and they had sent him to Jesus and he said, uh, they, they said, are you the one? John sent us here to ask, are you the one? Are you the Messiah? Or should we look for another? And Jesus' answer was so cool. He said, go back and tell John that the lame are walking and that the blind see, the demons are being driven out, and the deaf people are hearing. That's the kingdom of God. Why? Because that's the way God wants it. That's God's will. That's when He's in charge. Next slide. So the kingdom of God is when He's large and in charge, when we're experiencing His presence and we're caught up in Him, it's, it doesn't even have to be that like church. It could be like dinner with friends on the beach and you're, you, you're, you're, you're experiencing community and you're laughing together and you're, you're enjoying a good meal. That's the kingdom of God. When there's, when there's laughter and warmth and affirmation and acceptance, when, when broken relationships are reconciled, that's the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is all that is that is attractive to us 
And yet, it's really interesting that one of the things that Jesus taught us to pray was this prayer right here. Father, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You and I were taught that prayer. Jesus gave this as an outline. And it's really interesting because that prayer, for some, is kind of like, kingdom of God come. Will of God be done. And the idea is, oh, I hope heaven comes quickly. But that's not what Jesus is teaching here. Jesus is teaching us to pray this because His kingdom of God needs to come. His will needs to happen. We're going to come back to this prayer at the end of the message. But it's so important to realize that the kingdom has not fully come. His kingly reign is not happening everywhere and it's not happening among everyone. And it's not even happening in parts of our lives. And so that's why it's so important that we understand that the kingdom of God is still not yet. It's not yet how God wants it. We're invited to pray this prayer because it's not happening everywhere to everyone. In fact, look at 1 John. He says it pretty graphically. He says, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of who? The evil one. Now hold it. Some of you have been taught that you know Jesus is sovereign and He's powerful and He's above every power and all that's true, but there's this process right now in which He's not fully reigning where the sin and brokenness of humans is reigning. He's not fully reigning in the world that we live in. He's not fully reigning in, in, in the hearts of human beings. He's not fully in charge. Now, that may shock some of you. Look at the, the next uh, slide out of Hebrews. This is God has left nothing outside the control of His Son. Yes, even if presently, presently, 2021, during COVID, it's still a pandemic going on affecting our island, our nation. Even if, even because there's marriages that are, that are breaking up, even because there are, there are people who are being treated unjustly. Even though there are people that are suffering from poverty. Even though there's chronic illness. Even though there's children being abused and sex trafficking going on. Because we've yet to see it fully accomplished. And so the reality of the present evil age, you don't, you don't have to look around very far. Even look in your own heart. Is God's will always happening? Your life? Not mine. There's places that I have let His kingly rule happen. There are many, many places in my life that He's been large and in charge and I know His presence. But there are times that I need to say, Kingdom of God, come in my heart. Kingdom of God, I feel myself pulled to, to the darkness. I feel myself resenting. I feel myself unforgiving someone or not forgiving someone. So there's this place in which I just need to, 
to say often, kingdom of God, come in Ron Parrish. Come in my realm of existence. Come in my world. Next slide. It says in, in 1 Corinthians 15 here, Paul is addressing the question that the Corinthian believers have had. It's like, hold it. Has, has the kingdom already come? And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. It's come, but it's not fully come. And so, uh, what about people that have died? Already since Paul had been there living among the Corinthians, there are some that have passed away. And so Paul's explaining the future of our bodies and the future of the world. And he says this very interesting insight. Then the end will come. It's not yet come. Guys, don't think it's already come. It's not yet come. When He, Jesus, hands over the kingdom of God to the Father after... Now notice, when is this? Is this past? Or is this present? Or is this future? Future. When He has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power, speaking of dominion, authority, power that's evil, for He must reign until He has put all His enemies under His feet. Both realities. That Jesus reigns, and yet He's not yet fully put all of His enemies under the feet. Under His feet. And that's the age that we live in. The flesh, the devil, the world is still present and is still standing opposed to the kingdom of our King. Next slide. So the question is, how do we get in it? How many of you want to get in it? <laughs> we want to live in it, don't we? You guys over here don't want to get in it. That's, that's kind of sad to me. Maybe we should pray for you guys. For He has rescued us. Who's He? The King. And from the kingdom of darkness or the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of His Son who He loves. So, this is super important. You can't rescue yourself. You can't put yourself into the kingdom. You can't say, dude, I want to be in the kingdom. That's my deal. No. He rescues us. He brings us and transfers us out of this kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His Son, whom He loves. It's His doing. It's His work. Through Jesus coming. Through Jesus living among us and dying for us and being raised from the dead and ascending to the Father and sending the Spirit, we can be part of this kingdom. Next slide. How do we get in? The kingdom of God has come near, said Jesus. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus announced in His early preaching, this is the way you experience the kingdom of God. Repent and believe. I meet, all, I meet often people of other religions and they're like, oh, okay, you believe that. That's kind of each person's conviction. No, no, no. Actually, it comes as we repent and believe we experience that. So repentance, you guys know this, repentance is like I'm headed... Which direction is this? Is this east? Yeah. I'm headed east, and now I'm going west. That's repentance. Changing your mind, changing your direction. Believing is not like, oh yeah, uh, uh, he's real. No, no. Believing is putting our faith in. We put our faith in him. And then we experience his kingdom. Next slide. Going through these really quick because I want to talk about how do we live in it. 
The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold everything he had. And obviously, he went back and bought the field. Why? Because of the treasure. That is so graphic to me. The kingdom of God is this treasure, but it requires everything I own to experience it. Jesus taught that. Jesus, one day, uh, Peter said, Jesus, man, we've left everything to follow you. And Jesus was not that wowed or impressed. Yeah, Jesus said, yeah, whoever, whoever follows me must leave everything he has. There's no other way then we come open-handed and say, hey, it's not mine, it's yours. Everything I would call mine is now yours, and that's how we enter the kingdom. It's dramatic, it's radical, it's costly. Next slide. How do we get in? Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child. How's that? Simple faith, knowing that we didn't earn it, knowing that we can't buy it, knowing that we're not smart enough, we're not holy enough, we're not pure enough, we're undeserving, but we just receive it. Just receive it. Next slide. This is kind of cool. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached, and everyone is what? Forcing their way into it. Now hold it. How does that be reconciled with the previous statement? Both are real. There are times that we lay hold of. One translation says the kingdom of God. There's a, there's a fight that we fight in order for God to be reigning and, and king of our lives. There's this radical, dramatic uh, violence that says, man, I want the kingdom of God in my marriage. I want the kingdom of God in the lives of my children and, and the enemy's pulling them away. I want the kingdom of God in my city. And there's so many people in my city who are deceived by religion. Empty religion. Trying to make their own way to God. Yet God's offered this to us. So, there's a fight of faith forcing our way into it. So, how, that's how we get into it. See, the kingdom of God is known and and experienced among those who honor Him and obey Him. And the reality of our world, right here in Indonesia, is a whole lot of people have no idea who Jesus is. A whole lot of people that I meet have no idea that Jesus came and died for us out of love, and that He rose from the dead, and because of that, we can now be set free from the demonic powers and darkness and evil around us and know His incredible love. People don't know that. But they can experience it just like we do. Now, I want to talk about this. How do we get in... Uh, not only how do we get in... Let's do the next slide. Entering the kingdom demands radical, humble, sacrificial... Pressing, and what I mean by pre pressing is urgent. Remember that story when this guy said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And, and uh, 
Jesus said, hey, I don't really have a place to stay. I'm, I'm like, foxes have holes and birds have their nests, but you want to follow me? We have no place to stay. On another occasion, Jesus told someone, hey, follow me. And he said, hey, uh, yeah, Jesus, can you just kind of tungadulu? Can you wait? I've got to go fulfill my responsibility to my parents, take care of them until they die, and then I'm on it. And Jesus basically said, well, you have no part of me. Why? It's urgent. And even in my experience with God, there are urgent times that I've like, this is it. Now or never, man, I've got to make this choice. I've got to say no to that and yes to Him in order to be and live in His kingdom. That may be your, choice. That may be your situation today. It's an urgent deal. God brought you here. This is the day of the kingdom for you. But you can't put it off. You can't like, ah, I'll think about it. No, there's got to be an urgency to the kingdom. It's a sacrificial one. It's ongoing. Some of you could say, well, man, in a kakaer 15 years ago, I said yes to the kingdom. Dude, I'm in. Hold it. What about today? What about the choices that you face today? See, we face them every day. Am I going to go for it? Am I going to live under His kingly rule? Or am I in charge? Am I going to submit to what I know is obedience to Him? Or am I going to make it my own way here? Did it my way? No. There's this ongoing set of choices. Thousands of them. Tens of thousands that we say, Kingdom of God, I want that, man. Kingdom of God, I want that. Living in His kingdom is choices. Now let's talk about experiencing the kingdom. Very interesting passage in the book of Acts where Paul and Barnabas had visited a city called Lystra, uh, a city called uh, Iconium, a city called Antioch. They had preached the kingdom of God. People had come in, form new churches, they're, they're going on, and then they circle back and listen to what they say. Next slide. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. That was the sermon. How many of you would be super encouraged by a sermon that said, hey, dude, you must go through many hardships to experience the kingdom of God. That was the message that Paul and Barnabas brought to them. They were already facing persecution. They were already getting backlash from their choice to follow Jesus. There were already trials that they were experiencing. And the word of the Lord to them was, guess what? This is what it means to live in the kingly rule of God. We face hardships. Now once again, he's not talking about heaven. Paul's not saying, hey, y'all want to get to heaven. No, no. He's saying living under the kingly rule of God today means challenges. Means going through trial. Means learning how to return to joy in the midst of our trial. It means experiencing it despite the pain in your body, living under God's kingly rule. Next slide. We know this verse, 6.33. There's a song to it in English anyway. I think in Bahasa Indonesia, Juga. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. 
Once again, it's not saying seek heaven. No, no. It's saying seek a life in which the king is in charge. He's ruling. He's governing. He's the boss. And make that a priority. Now, I take this quite literally. I take this verse literally. And I have for decades. First thing I do in the day is I don't check email. I don't check Facebook. I, I haven't checked Facebook in months. But I don't check my Instagram account. I, don't, I, don't, I want to seek first God's kingly rule. Because I know me. And I know if I don't seek it, it's not going to happen automatically unless I'm saying yes to that invitation to live under His kingly rule. And so literally, this is lifestyle. It's that simple. What's the priority? The priority is God's kingly rule. What about this decision? What's God's kingly rule here? What about this relationship? What's God's kingly desire here? I'm submitted to Him. I'm living under His authority. And when I'm not, I'm aware of it. I'm like, whoa, I need to pray. I need to come under that authority in order to experience God's kingly rule. Next verse. So if you're raised to life with the King, and that describes all of us that are Christians. We've been raised to new life with the King. So we set our thoughts where? On the King. We set our thoughts on the coming kingdom. We set our thoughts on what it means to live in the kingdom. We turn our minds and our meditations to the King. And that's the key. You see, for every one of us, if we get a glimpse of the King, then man, we know what it is to live under the kingly rule of, of Jesus. We know what it is to say no to the world and the flesh and the devil. And we say yes because, man, we've been captivated by the beauty and majesty and winsomeness of our warrior king. We've been caught up. We've been attached to him on a heart level. And so, in my experience for 50 years, literally, of walking with the king, Man, it feels like I experience more and more and more of the kingdom because I know more and more and more about the king. I'm caught up in it. You can, do, you can live that way too. Next slide. I want to finish this up. I'm aware that these guys have showed up here to help me get finished here. The kingdom of God is not, not about me goring or chicken fried steak or you guys don't know about that. Uh, Italian food. It's not about that. It's, it's not about what we drink. It's about what? About what? Righteousness, peace, and joy, justice, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so we're like, a, we're like a beacon. It's like a beacon to our souls. Wherever there's justice and peace and righteousness, wherever there's God's presence, that's where we're going. Because why? We're going to live under the kingly rule of God. Amen? I want to close with, hey, let's go on to the next slide. Uh, just one comment about this idea. What we experienced while ago in worship, caught up in His presence, that's a taste of what's coming. 
I can't tell you how many times I've been in gatherings, small gatherings, large gatherings, in which you go, why do we want to go home? God's so present. He's so present and He's so real. We're tasting of our inheritance. The deposit. We've got the depe on what's actually coming in big time. And so we live loving the taste of the deposit, knowing that the real deal's coming later on. This is the real deal, but it's only dichichipi. Dichichipi. Which means for you non-Indonesian speakers, we just had a taste. Okay, I want to close with this exercise. Guys, can you hold off just a minute? Pray this prayer with me. Father, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is how I want us to close. I want you to stand with me. We're going to practice what I believe is a powerful way to pray daily. Which is to say, Kingdom of God come. Say that with me. Kingdom of God come. When in the original language, it was not Kingdom of God come, but it was a command. It was a demand. Kingdom of God come. Will of God be done. Jesus taught us to pray that way because we have that authority. We're brokers of the kingdom of God. We're brokers in our prayer life for the kingdom of God to happen, starting with us. Come on. Kingdom of God, come in Ron Parrish. Will of God be done today in my schedule, in my meeting, in my teaching, in my preaching, in my, in my generosity, in my work. Kingdom of God, come. But it's also how I pray for others. So I want to ask this question. Where or who in your life do you know that the kingdom of God, next slide, I think we have it on the next slide, is not being experienced? Who do you know that's thinking suicidal thoughts, that's about to walk away from their marriage, who's chronically ill, who has these, these horrible nightmares coming on them at night? Who do you know who's, who's thinking of walking away from their faith? whose hearts are hard toward God. Who do you know like that? How do you pray for them? Kingdom of God, come. Will of God be done. And we pray with authority because you're a broker of the kingdom of God. Your prayers and my prayers make a difference. They, they transform things. Not because of us, but because Jesus taught us to invite the kingly reign of His Son in, in the lives of people. So I want us to close today practicing what Jesus taught us to pray. Okay? So think of a person, think of a family, you may think of a lost person. You may think of somebody caught up in another religion, caught up and deceived by religion. I want you to pray with me. Kingdom of God come. Will of God be done. Reign in their lives. Be the boss in that situation. That marriage. That compound. That island. Those people. Okay? So I want us to pray together. Ready? I want you to pray with your voice. Okay? One, two, three. Let's go for it. Pray that. Kingdom of God come.
Come in us, Lord. Come in our realm of existence. Come in our relationships. Come in that child. Come in that adult. Come in that marriage. Come in that body that's broken. Come in that situation that's so unjust. Come in that situation in which evil seems to be taken over, where the enemy seems to gangle them and attack them. Come, kingdom of God, in the thinking that's distorted. And the hearts that are being drawn away from what's true and pure and right, kingdom of God, come. Will of God be done, right now, right here, right in our world, in the present. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.